said this morning that I wanted to share out of this, the book of John. And, uh, okay, you guys can go. Thank you very much. And then I'll get you back in about 15 minutes. The book of John, uh, and there's a, in John chapter 4 is the story of Jesus and what we call the woman at the well. Okay. And so the woman at the well is, is a Samaritan woman. And so what you got to understand is in Jesus' day, they didn't talk, uh, men and women didn't talk unless they were family or married. So Jesus was the original um, liberator for women. He was. If you if you read the Bible, Jesus just went against so much of what was happening in in the world and in the culture, and he elevated women to be equal alongside men in their value and before God. This is this is what Jesus did. Okay, it's awesome. So he came along and he began to talk to this woman. And so that first of all, that was weird. She was a woman, but second of all, she was a Samaritan. And Samaritans were culturally hated by the Jewish people of which Jesus was one. So one, men didn't talk to women. And two, Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. And Jesus finds himself at a well. And it was a God-ordained moment. He finds himself at the well. The disciples went on to get food into the city. Uh, They weren't going to hang around that particular place. And it's the middle of the day and a, a woman comes out to the well. To, to draw water. Now you, you know that she's, she's not, uh, it's not normal to draw water in the middle of the day like that. So you realize that this woman's probably got some social issues going on. Uh, there's maybe some things that make her not in the in crowd or not that well accepted. So she, she comes out and so Jesus begins a dialogue with her. We're going to pick up a few verses, but so he begins a, he begins a conversation. Can I say most transformation stories in people's lives begin with one of us having a conversation. Just beginning to talk, beginning at a simple level, asking people about their lives, asking people about their their circumstances, asking what they do. The reason Dan and I were a bit late tonight is we went to our street party. Uh, we wanted it was from five to seven, and we wanted to go and meet our neighbours. And, and you know, each each year we try and do that and connect with people. And and you know, we it was awesome tonight. Numbers of them were quite fascinated by church and, and the, the fact that we're pastors and the, that there's a thousand people in our church and so. It was, a, it was a wonderful thing, but it just started with a conversation. And if we live in an isolated world from people not having conversations, then we'll never actually, you know, it's not like we've got to go straight in for the kill with, oh, you need Jesus right now. Uh, uh, my opening line for most of the guys was, are you into the cricket? How good's the cricket? I think we probably won. Does anyone know? Who saw it on their iPhone? Uh, okay, all right, keep moving along, all right. We're pretty close to it anyway. So we talked about cricket, we talked about surfing, we talked about sport, we, and we talked about what you do for work. I always tell people I, I, I'm involved in business and, and then I no longer have to work in my business and it allows me to do my passion and my passion is helping people and it's just it's a great conversation, okay. So it starts with a conversation. And Jesus was having a, he started a conversation and he actually asked her, can, I, can you get some water from the well for me? And she, and she goes, what do you mean? Why, why, why should I get um, water for you? And, and he, he begins to talk to her about water. And he says, why, she says, like, why, why are you talking to me, et cetera, et cetera. And then they get to this moment, and Jesus has the, the transition from the conversation about water, natural things, because we start in natural things, and he realizes because the Holy Spirit's talking to him about this lady um, that, that there's, more, there's some, something going on the inside of her that there's an ache on the inside of her for love and for acceptance, as there is for all of us. And, and she says, the, Jesus talks to her, and he says, what you need, if you knew who I was, 
or who I am, you wouldn't ask me for normal water. You'd ask me for living water. You'd ask me for eternal water. And, and then he goes on, and we'll put this up on the screen in verse 13. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Talking about the, you know, so have a drink now. I'll be thirsty in the morning. or I'll be thirsty later on at night. But those who drink the water that I give, and he's talking about spiritual water, a spiritual life. So not literal water, but spiritual life that flows from God like water sustains our natural body. There's a spiritual water that will sustain us spiritually. It says, and it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Uh, next one. And she says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. This is awesome. She's, she's kind of thinking like, uh, then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. She's like, awesome, I'm going to save on a daily trip. It's like, give me that coffee and I'll never have to c- come back again. I'll have a permanent caffeine hit all the time, all right? And so and she, she's, she's still thinking natural, but Jesus is talking spiritual. And so then he transitions again and says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she says, I don't have a husband. She's kind of like, you know, trying to protect herself and, and things are going on in her world. And Jesus says, well, you're right. You don't have a husband. Next verse. For you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Okay. So he begins to talk to her. And we'll, we'll come back to a little bit later on, realizing, you know, he obviously reads her mail. So now she's like, whoa. The next verse, she says, I perceive you're a prophet. Pretty good perception, I'd reckon, right there. He's never met her, and now he's, he knows that she's had five husbands. But he begins to speak to the issue of her soul. And the issue of her soul, and often the Bible does this. It, it tells the story of an individual because it's, it's that individual story magnifies a human story or the, the condition of a human life. And so the condition that this woman's got that's, that's exaggerated, uh, Mick Jagger wrote about it for those of you who were born maybe in the 60s or 70s, and it was this. What was it? I can't get no satisfaction, Bruce. Thank you. If I had the guitar up there, I'd let you sing it for everybody. I can't, in, in opera form. I can't get no satisfaction. Okay. Who remembers that song? Give me a wave. All of those who are over, maybe 47, a bit older than me. Awesome. All right. That, okay. So, Mick wrote about that. Then you two came along and they wrote a different version. What did they write? Who knows? This is more my vintage, Gen X, Jeremy. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Come on, who, who was that the song of your teenage years? Now we're, now we're starting to move down into the Gen Xs. Uh, now I need someone to tell me what's the modern day song that sings the same. I can't find no satisfaction. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. What, what's the millennial song? Mm, I, you know what? Here's my theory. I don't reckon there is one because there's the whole world today is about the creating the perception that my life is all together through social media and I'm projecting to everybody my best days and things are good with me, but actually on the inside, those songs I could be singing, I haven't found no satisfaction, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but be hecked I'm going to tell everybody else about it because I want to create the image that everything in my life is okay. 
That's a little bit of social commentary that I think is actually quite, who thinks that might be true? Can I just make a, just a little side note as a pastor to every person in the room? Do not compare yourself to everybody else's highlight real moment on social media because it's, you know, it's usually a marketed, doctored, upgraded picture that doesn't reflect. I've done it. I've been like, oh man, life is so crap. I feel so terrible. This is, oh. Having an awesome day here at the beach. Boom, put it up on it. Come on, you don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You've done it. You've done it. So don't compare your normal life, your everyday life with its ups and downs that we all have, with its, our self-doubts, with our, without the, the, the issues that we struggle with, with all the things that, that we need God for. Don't judge yourself compared to somebody else. Just realize the fact that I've got those tells me the same message. I need God. And so Jesus talks to this woman and she, and he's like, Oh yeah, you've had five husbands. You certainly haven't found what you're looking for. And the one you'll, and so it's not in a judgmental way. He's not, he's not coming down on her and walking away and saying, see you later. He's trying to get down to the very core of her being to help her to realize that on the inside, human beings are created for relationship with God. So loneliness that people feel on the inside is often just the sign that I'm, I need God in my life. I was, there's something just not right. There's something missing in my life. I need relationship with God. And some people have this idea. They're like, well, you know, I'm going to find it in that husband. So she's like, she had five shots at finding it. And she did, still did. She's like, well, maybe this guy will make me happy. Nope. Maybe this guy will make me happy. Nope. Maybe this guy will make me. And she's, she's got issues of trying to get, uh, to find her satisfaction in a relationship. Now, relationships are awesome. But if you think getting married is going to fulfill you and make you happy as the answer to all your problems. No, 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 no. I know a number of married people who think being single again would be the answer to all their problems. Seriously, so so let, let's get this understanding right now. The spiritual um, gap in our life, the spiritual longing for God will not be satisfied by more money. It won't be satisfied by another spouse. It won't be satisfied um, by, by you having this particular type of car or living in this particular address or having this, or having this kind of job, having this kind of title, winning this kind of award. All of those things can be good things, but if you're trying to make that the thing that satisfies you, you'll only end up frustrated. You'll only end up just, oh, I got to the top of the ladder and it's, that's oh, the wrong building. It's not, it's not doing what I thought it would do. And too many people do that. And then or alternatively start doing stuff that looks like everybody else is having fun. Everybody else is having fun. But the problem is everybody, I talked to a dad here this morning about his 16 year old. And he said, uh, I was talking to my 16 year old and he said, uh, all, all the guys I hang out with schools, they're all on drugs. There's not one person I know who's not on drugs. What is that? That's, that's some poor 16 year old young people saying, I haven't found what I'm looking for. So I'm going to try it in this because maybe that will give me a temporary high and make me feel good for a moment. But ultimately I'm going to crash down and I'm going to have that same empty longing on the inside that can only be satisfied by a relationship with God. And then do the same thing and do the same thing and do the same thing. 
So, so Jesus is having this conversation. He talks to her about living water. And he goes on and he says, you know, that uh, he talks about the only way. And she has a few kind of questions about religion. And he says, the only way it's going to really work for you is if you worship God in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth. And, and, and he goes on and, and she, in, you know, I love this. It's one conversation. God's spirit is there and she turns in her heart to God. And, she, and in that moment, she becomes a Christ follower. She believes that he's the Messiah. That's what a Christ follower is. They believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And in that moment, she turns to God. She goes and tells the whole um, city of Samaria where she's come from. She's like, you should come and see this guy, Jesus. That's the, that's the phrase that I think should be on the lips of everyone, every Christian. An invitation or a phrase. You should just come and see. You should come. You should come to church. You should. I want people to walk into this place and experience worship like we had it tonight with a sense of, of honor and glory and elevation of Jesus, a sense of the Spirit of God is in this place. And people are going to come into this place next Sunday night, the Friday night with the carols, the Sunday. They're going to walk into this place any Sunday and they're like, what is that? What's, what's that? What's that feeling? Is it hype? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's that living water, that Holy Spirit. He's here. And here's the thing. Jesus said it in another place. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the band up because time is going to keep me going here from going too much deeper. But that woman in a moment just says, hey, come and see what Jesus has done for me. And the whole city, the Bible says, came out to the well. And it's this moment Jesus said to, them, to the disciples, he said, don't say for four mu- in four months' time a harvest will come. There's a harvest here right now. Often we can be praying for someone thinking one day they're going to get, they're going to meet Jesus. One day they're going to get right with God. Can I just say to you in the world, the famous world, words of dream world, don't say one day. That day will never come. Maybe it's this week. Maybe your one day is this week. Don't say in four months time. Maybe, maybe this time next Sunday night, a friend of yours can be sitting beside you here in church and at the end of the service when I give what I talk about is the pinnacle of the week moment, would you open up your life to Christ? I'm imagining, even as I sit here right now, I'm imagining friends of mine who I've been building relationship with over for years and the best friend you could be would be to help someone meet God and begin that relationship and I'm imagining them putting their hands up. And you have permission, church, if you bring a friend, when I say close your eyes, you can just have one eye open. Just if your friend's beside you, just just one, you can just like you can just sort of look. Don't just like no, like no, just <laughs> eyes closed. Because when they make that response to God out of their heart, I'm just doing the the last little bit. You're doing all the hard work. You're doing all the relationship building, the asking, the reflecting the love of God into their life. And this is where we work as a team. We're going to hear someone's story. But he's, it's ultimately, it's the prayer that we pray that creates an atmosphere of an open heaven where truth echoes in someone's heart. I'm, there is something missing in my life. I need what you're talking about. Just like that. So you might not have had five husbands or five wives, But you can identify, I've been trying to fill the God gap that's in my heart in all sorts of ways. And and sometimes people give up. They're like, well, 
in the words of Jack Nicholson, this is as good as it gets. Sorry, I'm quoting all the old things. I'm really showing my age here tonight. This is as good as it gets. No, it's not as good as it gets. You're designed for so much more. Relationship with God. It will fill you. He will fill you. He'll set you free. And so tonight, just as we come to a close, I'm wondering if maybe you're here tonight and you're like, actually, I relate to that. I never realized that I've got a spiritual part of me that's missing if I don't have a relationship with God. And I would love to pray with you tonight. It would be my great honor to pray with you tonight to begin a relationship with him that would change everything. So simple. Can we close our eyes together right now? And I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit in this room. I thank you for your presence and your power. I thank you for your love, Lord, that's just shining into every heart. And I pray for people in this room right now. Lord, people that you've been drawing by your Holy Spirit, people that you've, you've been moving circumstances in their life to get them to a moment like now because you love them and you want to change things in their heart. I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus and he died on a cross for us. He paid a price for our sin so we could be forgiven. And I'm asking tonight for those people who are not in relationship with you right now, knock on their heart, Holy Spirit. Draw them to you, God. Let this be the beginning of a relationship with you where everything changes. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. And while you've got your eyes closed, if right now,